you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Good Morning Football, presented by Rocket Mortgage, live here in New York City, Friday, August 4th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. That's Kyle Brandt with the Lion, no, Eagle shirt mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. We got mm-hmm. uh, throwback Jets. Joe Namath, it's Hall of Fame weekend. I want to support a pro football Hall of Famer. Jets mm-hmm. have two of them going in, Klecko and Revis, but the original is right here. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty with the Faith Family Football. Indeed. And, of course, I'm Jamie with the, what is this? This place is filled with love. We love Always. football. We love love. We love football. We love shot sheets. Kyle, would you please, oh, please do us the honor. Let's go to Canton, Ohio. And Ohio. Oh. The Dorian Thompson Robinson Invitational, to my friends. Here we go. We are going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not the NFL Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And guys, the Browns take a 21-16 lead and would go on to win the Hall of Fame game. But afterwards, our own Steve Weish, the heart and soul of Canton, Ohio, caught up with Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, talked about the game, and had a very funny response to the momentary blackout. I'm super excited just to have this opportunity. Uh, Lord knows I've worked my butt off to get here and as well as the rest of the guys that I got drafted with. So I'm just happy to be out there, be an asset to them, making sure I'm getting guys in the right spots and, and doing everything I can to lead the team well. So. Okay, so you lead the long touchdown drive in the third quarter to pull to 16-14 and the lights go out. Were you concerned that you weren't going to get another shot? So at UCLA, they, they go out in the fourth quarter because it started at the fourth quarter. So they go out in the fourth quarter for a light show. So that's what I thought this was. <laughs> was not that at all. And I was just praying that they weren't going to cancel the game or anything. So I'm glad we definitely got to finish it out, though. <laughs> that is a real thing that happens in big-time college football. I actually don't – I'm not offended by DTR's answer whatsoever. Like, fourth quarter in major stadiums, light show. It didn't sure. happen at, we didn't do it at Rutgers. No. no. I mean, it might have been – They just didn't I mean, pay the bill the there. The technology oh, just wasn't quite – there when you yeah. were playing at Rutgers. Yeah. The Browns, they can mm. the win. But the messaging across the game is the whole from the Hall of Fame game. Peter, what did you take away? The DTR show. <laughs> uh, that, that, that is what I'm saying. This is a rookie at a UCLA. And on Wednesday's show, we were doing a little preview. This is what we previewed mm. at home. Mm. This young man, Thompson uh, Robinson, DTR as he goes by, is going to get most of the second half snaps. And the word is on the street that he has been outstanding standing at Brown's training camp. I think DTR, the rookie out of UCLA, a fifth-round pick, the 10th quarterback taken. He might be the standout in tomorrow's game. Standout is an understatement. Uh, this, this, is, this is what you want on national TV. Kellen Mond didn't do much in the first half. They put in this young rookie, fifth-round pick, 10th quarterback taken, and he goes on a 93-yard uh, 11-play drive, takes his team down all the way with amazing footwork on these type plays, but also great passing. The block on the Felton touchdown was awesome. And 
hearing from some scouts afterwards, because I was tweeting about it, and he says, this is what he did in college. He would hand the ball off, and he would follow the play, and he would throw his body around. I'm like, well, that's not ideal for a quarterback. <laughs> Doesn't matter. This is what you want to see. He's getting in the action. And what was interesting is he had a full conversation with Rodgers before the game, and then after the game, they took a photo together. Mm. You look at his stats from the evening. You look at his, his performance, and it's like, this is what you want to see from a guy saying, hey, national spotlight, let me make this day about me. Everyone is talking about him this morning. He's exciting. I thought uh, Andrew Siciliano had a funny te- a funny tweet. He basically said, uh, Browns fans, after watching DTR, go UCLA. We love those Big Ten quarterbacks. And, hey. baby. and that's where they're yeah. at. Uh, yep. UCLA had a moment last night, both DTR and Felton, the running back. But DTR, hey, look, if you're t- telling me that it's he and Mond in a battle for number two, yeah. Mon didn't put the, the, the stamp on it saying, I'm the guy. DTR stole the nation's hearts yeah, last night. Mm. He I definitely did. He was fun to watch, exciting. He came in and just the energy was just through the roof. And hearing Aaron Rodgers talk to him before the game, took a picture with him after the game. I love this Aaron Rodgers that is just kind of mentoring the younger quarterbacks in the NFL. And the guy on his team who it seems to be that he's taken under his wing is Zach Wilson. And you watched him last night, and it wasn't any tremendous plays. He didn't play for long. He had the one deep pass. But what I enjoyed most was just seeing Zach Wilson in a different light. After the game, he's asked about the pass, and he says this was a play called by Aaron Rodgers. But as you watch him, whether it was post-game, whether it was on the sideline during the game, just seeing him with this big old smile on his face was a beautiful sight. If you're a Jets fan, if you're just a football fan, because every time we saw Zach Wilson last year, it just seemed like everything was down in the dumps. We were piling on him. The play wasn't good. So you can say he kind of deserved it. But it's nice to see this version of him a little bit more relaxed. But smiling, mm-hmm. as he talked about Aaron Rodgers calling a play, said, I got to give him a shout out. And you just see the big grin on his face. And my heart was just warm seeing this version of Zach Wilson. Maybe he turns around, maybe he doesn't. But I just love that the young kid is happy and he's uh, enjoying football again. You know what warmed my heart? DeMarcus Ware's national anthem. Unbelievable. Mm. It was like the story of the night. We'll no get to it. About it. But I want to shout out to Tariqa and Collinsworth. It's an unusual game to call. And everybody who's involved with the broadcast, because there's in-game interviews. The game is weird. It's kind of, it could be boring if you let it. My favorite part of the broadcast was when they spent about three minutes talking about Dewan Jones, the right mm-hmm. tackle for the yeah. Cleveland Browns, who might be the biggest person in the NFL, if not the world. Collinsworth lives and breathes the stuff, and he's just sitting there geeking. He's 6'8", 350, and they just started showing the VO of him just pushing guys around. He played well, too. This is a, this is a rookie out of Ohio State. He went in the fourth round. But the best part, you got to give Tariq and Collinsworth some candy. You got to give the people some candy. They got the damn high school highlights, basketball. I just love this. If if he's going to be a a tackle for the Browns for a long time, we're going to be playing this clip for a long time. There's nothing that gets Good Morning Football going than big men playing high school basketball. Maybe a little bit like Rodney Rogers down there. Sure. Maybe a little big big tractor. Robert Tractor Trailer. Yes, yes. It's a great call. Uh, Dewan Jones, I loved. And great job of the broadcast team last night, especially Devin McCourty, who we will get to. We will get to him. Truly, the broadcast team, I don't know what kind of warm-ups they did in the offseason, but they were humming on all cylinders. Uh, Specifically. Specifically, it's about 10.30 p.m. You know, we were all still awake watching the start of the fourth quarter riveted. I I was waiting for those final Hall of Fame inductee interviews with Melissa Stark, who I thought absolutely crushed it. We come back, beginning of the fourth quarter, and Tariq goes like, the lights are off. He Uh makes a joke about the lights being turned off during Collinsworth's story. It's cute, right? I like that. 14 minutes went on, and these two absolute professionals had to fill 
Phil, 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 Phil some more. Inside the truck for NBC Sports, Rob Hyland, the producer, and Drew Esikoff. When things like this happen in our broadcast, you guys, there is no way to explain the chaos, yet the calm that exists in the first two rows of a production truck. What images are we showing? How many commercials do we have? You're talking to the programming person. Do we go to the studio? Is Maria Taylor set up? Does Devin McCourty have anything to say? So many questions, very few answers. They made it fun. They made it entertaining. There is a darkness retreat joke. But in that break, I specifically love the Zach Thomas interview that he did with Melissa Stark. Mm. I thought his stories were incredible. Zach Thomas, the inductee from the Miami Dolphins, just an incredible story. Has the hearing disability from an accident, yeah. an injury mm. he sustained when he was a young boy, and how the, the picture of Jimmy Johnson screaming at him and that if he didn't have a first preseason opportunity, he never would have earned his yeah. starting spot. Every single story that we heard last night of these guys going into the hall was incredible, but I was specifically impressed with the time fill that Zach Thomas gave us with Melissa Stark while the lights were off. It was a beautiful you thing. You know what's great for those producers and the APs, all people in the truck, mm -hmm. they're like, it ain't our fault. Totally. <laughs> we didn't do it. We didn't do this. Yep. this you know, this is not our, the truck's great. Yep. Our, our truck is great. This is, blame them. Imagine what? the stress level on those in charge. <laughs> oh my God. Gosh, they're so, oh so those poor men and women, whoever in charge of keeping the lights on at that oh. stadium. Yeah, I know. Do people we know saying, this? It's not my fault. Do blame they play him. high school games at that stadium <laughs> or something or college games? Show. Like they, they normally have this much allotment <laughs> yeah. of time and then just just put the quarter back in. The showers didn't work afterwards either. Neither, oh, no. neither team. Neither great, team. Yeah. That's great. Hey, uh, it was a beautiful on. start. I love Canton, Ohio. So Jersey Mike's right down the street oh, from that stadium. It's delicious. So great. Number eight with no bacon. Um, pal, <laughs> show the great. people that <laughs> shot sheet again. Oh, oh, Jersey great. Mike's. That's my order oh, at my Jersey Mike's. Why would that's it be what no it is. bacon? I hate bacon. She likes the club sub. She doesn't like the bacon. You know it's the club sub. Peter, I love you. Of course. All right. The 2023 NFL season starts with training camp. NFL Network has you covered with insider access across all 32 teams. Jalen Hurts joining today live at practice. Jamar Chase, Drake London, and of course Jonathan Allen. That'll be a good one. We want to, We have so much curiosity about this Washington team. Uh, inside training camp live immediately following our show. It's presented by Old Spice, NFL Network, and NFL Plus. But still to come on our show. No play calling. Wristband for Lamar Jackson this season? What? What are we supposed to talk about? How are we supposed to think he is not able to call plays sufficiently? Is this a big deal or no big deal? Huge deal. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! Let's go. It's time for a round of big deal or no big deal. And one of these questions, maybe both, kind of just feel like big deal or big deal. We're going to start with what we just heard um, when we talked about the Hall of Famers that are being inducted this weekend and the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, DeMarcus Ware, who performed the national anthem last night before the Hall of Fame game. There was someone on the broadcast that said, I thought he was going to introduce the anthem singer, and then he just starts singing. It was unbelievable in front of a live and nationally televised audience at the Hall of Fame game. Guys, big deal or no big deal that DeMarcus Ware executed this? I think this is enormous <laughs> deal. 
This is not hyperbole. I would go as far as saying I would be more scared to sing the national anthem in front of a nationally televised audience than I would playing quarterback in an NFL game. <laughs> the thought that it, it, the quarterback thing, you get sacked and you break your legs and you're done in, in 30 seconds, it's over. The national anthem, you start, you got to finish. Mm-hmm. And not only did DeMarcus Ware start, he finished strong. He had his man on the, on the piano tickling those 88 keys. I mean, was it was good. beautiful. That guy was, that guy was, that guy was great. Yeah, he, he, he was just chemistry. dancing on the ivory. Yeah, he was um, really good. DeMarcus Ware, I, I didn't know, A, that he could sing the national anthem. He gave the story to Melissa Stark during it that, you know, it was a tribute to his to his late teammate, Demarius Thomas, who he stood on the sideline with during every national anthem when they were Broncos together, and he wanted yeah. to give him that tribute. Demarius, we lost in February of, of last year. And then you start thinking about it, and it's like, you can't bail in the middle of this thing. Like, you start, and you're off key or whatever. Like, you got to finish the mm-hmm. job. I thought he nailed it. I know Twitter had some fun. Hey, Twitter guy with the egg avatar, go sing a national anthem in front of uh, 30 people, let alone 5 million people. Never mind on the egg, Peter. How about big pu- public people who are making fun Were of they? Oh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? I'm not going to name names, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Go, go try to do anything in front of it. I thought DeMarcus Ware showed us his self-confidence, and I thought he was unbelievable. Self-confidence. You just said it. To pay that tribute, but to decide that's how you're going to do it is incredible. As you're going into the Hall of Fame, as if you don't have enough talents to begin with, a few months ago, we were on this program here and we all sang as we were in a mm. coffee shop and I was absolutely atrocious <laughs> and I was so nervous to do that in a studio of six people, mm-hmm. let alone being in front of an audience that can boo you, that can react however they want. We go on national television live every single day, but we don't know what someone's sitting at home in their living room and what they think of it. So for DeMarcus Ware to do that, I thought it was just incredible to have the confidence to stand up there and actually sing an entire song was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So shout out to him for doing that. I was really nervous when he started. And I'll tell you why. I really liked DeMarcus Ware mm-hmm. as a player, as a person. And in the first line or so, you know, I think he was finding his footing. I know how this works. Like, I, I've been around long enough that I, I remember Carl Lewis and a beloved athlete, like an American icon, said, I'm going to sing the national anthem at a basketball game. And he still hears about it. And it was an absolute disaster. If you completely crash and burn, even though your intentions may be great, it, that is an eternal thing. Think about it. Like, how much do we laugh? In, indefinitely about bad first pitches in baseball. Yeah. They're, they're indefinite you, for decades. This is a first pitch that lasts two minutes long. Like, it's not just one throw and now you get out of there. You're going and you're going and it's Enrico Palazzo and it's melting down. And it's like, he didn't. He found his footing. He completely sang a beautiful version he of the song. He did one of these where he pulls the Yeah, the he's like, I'm out. just going to just tuck from yeah. the heart. And I thought it was endearing because there was a human experience. We all, it wasn't some beautiful singer. It wasn't Whitney Houston back in the day. Like, oh, he worked on that. He's really, really trying on that. That. And I've seen people being like, oh, he's, you know, he's Fergie and she embarrasses. First of all, Fergie was a professional singer and a professional recording artist. This is one of the greatest pass rushers to ever live up there singing. This would be like Fergie trying to put a hand down and, and rush the passer. <laughs> this is not his day job. He got the plane down. It was beautiful. It was relatable. I, I was proud of him. I was a little bit parental almost. Like yeah, I was nervous. For him. Yeah, even yeah. just remembering the words, I was worried yeah. he was going to do that because that's happened too from public people who try to sing the anthem. DeMarcus Ware, incredible moment. Like that. that is easily when we do the Hall of Fame game next year and we look back on the great Hall of Fame game moments indefinitely, he'll always be one of them now. Mm-hmm. He is part of the Hall of Fame game tradition. Great job. Great job. This is going to sound, it's beginning to sound real cheesy because we're just piling it on, but it's rightfully so because this man who is a Super Bowl champion and a four-time All-Pro who has Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboy, 
introducing him at his he didn't have he could have just existed this weekend he could have just been this yeah. beautiful smiling face and we said wow that's the, remember yeah. all the things he did and he gave great interviews and his speech is incredible no he went over the top and frankly everything that we have gone through in football in the last couple of years last night when this game came on there was just this joy that was a part of it I don't know if it was because like the Jets were there and we're watching Aaron Rodgers and then he gets up and do that. the whole experience last night and yeah. he set the tone it was, it was, it was just it, I was thrilled for him he looked happy and just comfortable with himself and it made everybody else I think happy and just like let's go forth with this season it was such an awesome start to football you make a great point like that is his weekend to just sit around get pats on the back do nothing he must have been stressed about that. It, it's kind of like when it's your wedding and you've done this choreographed dance that you've planned. Like, all you're thinking about is that dance. You can't even enjoy yourself until it's after it's over. That was a big burden he put on himself because he had motivation to do it for his old teammate. And he wanted to do it. I'm proud of him. It was a beautiful moment. And then the lights went out and the showers didn't work. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Did they not work or were they, like, cold? I think they didn't. Did not they work. didn't even come on? I think, I think it did not work. It's not work. a matter of no hot water, just no water. Yeah. <laughs> I've experienced a no hot water. That's, that's rough, too. But. Right? Okay. So last weekend at last uh, Back Together weekend, Mike Garofolo sat down with Lamar Jackson, and he kind of pulled a fast one on him because he had a towel covering his arm. And then during the interview, he pulled the towel off, and he had a play sheet, Garofolo did, on yeah. his arm. Well, now we're finding out that the Ravens are looking for another MVP season out of their franchise quarterback. But their offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, spoke last week about how Lamar will not be using the wristband to call plays. One of the most important things is if your ability to communicate the calls and the best way for that to happen is to not start with wristbands. He has to hear what I say. He has to process the call. He has to regurgitate to the players. He has to get the cadence. We can always go to wristbands. Wristbands are easy. You just read it. Hard is learning the offense, being able to process and make the calls. He's got to be able to hear that man through his headset, into his helmet, and call the play. I kind of love the, the inherent toughness that he's demanding out of Lamar Jackson with this. Lamar Jackson not wearing a play-calling wristband at training camp. Jason, big deal or no big deal? Huge deal. Part of it, too, Munkin's been doing a lot of screaming at practice. That mm -hmm. voice, you can tell, he is kind of going. Like so it's going to be a big deal. He just has to hear the play come in. But I've experienced new coaches, and one of the toughest things is, as a player, Offense is offense, defense is defense. It's the terminology. Everybody can call, hey, this is a handoff to the right, but this person calls it this, this person calls it that. Being able to interpret that and understand it goes a long way. And I think what Todd Munkin is trying to get from Lamar Jackson is, hey, I don't want you to just learn this offense. I want you to understand it. So by the time we maybe go to the wristband later on in the season, you know exactly why I'm calling whatever I'm calling to the point where Lamar Jackson could be out on the field and doesn't even need to hear Munkin because he knows exactly what play he wants and what they're doing in any given situation. So I think for Lamar Jackson now coming back, new offensive coordinator, this is a big deal. He has to understand this offense, run it, operate it, and I think it builds confidence in everybody else. When they're down there in that huddle, and we've heard these plays. If you watch quarterback and you heard whether it was Patrick Mahomes, whether it was Cousins, and you heard these guys calling plays, it sounds like they're speaking another language. If you're standing in that huddle and your quarterback is fumbling through his words, you're not going to have confidence that this play is uh, actually going to work. So all all of this time early on in training camp of Lamar hearing it over and over again and having to say it, it goes a long way, I think, in building confidence that this offense is going to work this season. The, the, the wristband discourse hit a 
fever pitch last year mm -hmm. when Pete Carroll took a subtle dig and said that, well, Geno Smith wears the wristband. Mm. In the past, we had someone who was reluctant to wear the wristband. And then Russell Wilson showed up to his press conference the following week wearing a giant wristband. wristband. Yeah. He's like, I got the wristband. Um, he and Pete good? Like, what's going on? I don't know if he and Pete are good. We've gone from <laughs> from Russ and Sean Payton to Hackett. And, but I think like Pete and Geno are watching from afar and being yeah. like, yeah, no, no, you guys do your thing. Too. Like, we're good. Like, we're up here so in Seattle. Too. It's a big deal, and I think you mentioned the quarterback series on Netflix. I think it's a beautiful reference because if you watch how Cousins is jotting down in a journal every mm -hmm. single play, yeah. if you watch how Mariota and his wife are being quizzed on the plays every single night and they're going through it, if you watch Mahomes being able to almost, with a photographic memory, be able to adjust and do this, learn it first, and then if you need the wristband, use the wristband. And yeah. I'm not saying Lamar couldn't do it before this uh, this year. We have no knowledge of that, but he was never asked to. So to actually have to go out there this year, and then Tom Brady wore wristband for 20 years like if you want to wear the wristband during the season <laughs> go for it but if it helps get the playbook down and it's a new playbook i'm not saying that lamar couldn't get the playbook down without it or whatever it is hey, it's a new guy. playbook do we guy, care if he wears a wristband the wristband, like, wristband, wristband can be toilet here? paper afterwards yeah, if he has to do that you know like it's fine oh but um he's unbelievable so i would say <laughs> memorize the offense and then we can go wristband in the regular season and we can be done with any questions whether lamar can handle the playbook yeah when demarcus got to that part of yeah, land of the free yeah and he did home of the and then he took a deep breath before brave mm -hmm. i almost teared up yeah. so the, we gotta get the piano player's name i know on the right because he was kind of watching he's demarcus like, and like yeah, yeah. when he slowed down he would slow mm -hmm. down like they had chemistry <laughs> uh lamar's wristband I, i'm not i'm not terribly interested in it it's, i know it's into the nuances of football <laughs> Oh, you mentioned all those guys, or Brady. None of those guys can do what Lamar does. He, he has a different skill set. So if he's more comfortable with the wristband, great. He always looks pretty comfortable out there when I see him, and now he's comfortably paid, and I expect big things from that wristband or not. I, I don't care. Dang it. I thought <laughs> you respect. were going to buy me just enough time to find out the name of the piano player. I really yeah. thought I could have done we it. We got people for that, though. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. Friend of our show, really, if you meet him on the street, a friend of anyone's, Joe Thomas spent all 11 of his NFL seasons with the Cleveland Browns, a Hall of Fame cornerstone at left tackle. As he prepares to join the newest class in Canton, he reflects on his career in Cleveland and the unique way it began. Cleveland and Joe kind of mirror each other with work ethic, what they believe in. I feel so fortunate being able to play in Cleveland in front of the greatest, most loyal fans. There's a lot of pressure on him. Losing in the NFL is not easy. It had a definite negative impact. I just lost control of my emotions, which never happens. When you don't have success, you start really questioning everything and kind of wear you down. And credit to Joe to just keep performing at a top level. Joe's the very best I've ever coached. To do it with the success that he had and the technique that he had, you can't find guys. I mean, they're hard to find. Joe Thomas, along with eight other former players and coaches, will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this Saturday in Canton, Ohio. You can catch all the coverage starting at noon Eastern right here on NFL Network. Jason, we know that you played with Joe Thomas during his final season in Cleveland. What yeah. was that like for you? And you got any stories? I remember that year was obviously crazy. We made history for the wrong reasons. And I remember Joe Thomas describing it as insanity. You do the same exact thing every day 
with in mind a different result and the same result happened each and every week for us that year and you think about Joe's career he stayed in Cleveland the entire time it wasn't a ton of winning you look back at all of the snaps he played consecutive games the amount of teammates it was just in, it, outrageous to do these types of things uh, it was 10,300 and something plays that he did consecutively all while having 20 different starting teammates and I remember that last year that you just referenced in of him playing and we're playing the Tennessee Titans and at this point is whatever 10,000 ever snaps uh, that he was going through and he gets injured in that game and right away you can see it's something serious and I wasn't playing in that game I was injured and I'm in the training room and Joe T comes into the training room and everybody at this point in Cleveland knows what he has already accomplished Pro Bowls all pros all of those things and how many every time you knew he was going to be there and you can just feel the energy in the training room as he came in knowing that the streak was over and no one it was like dead silent mm. no one knew what to say I think somebody was like I'm so sorry Joe that and his face was just like what do you mean like it's football at some point the streak had to end mm -hmm. and you get hurt it's part of the game but in that moment like it didn't take hours days to go through that for Joe Thomas to play his entire career in Cleveland it was always about the team and about everybody else it wasn't all it wasn't about him and that was the type of person he was he worked his butt off every single day mm. never wanted to leave never asked to leave and a Hall of Famer first ballot, not because of what he did on the field, but because of the type of person he was. And that was immediately after going through something like that, getting injured, knowing his season was over and possibly his career, but still had that humility to think about the people around him. That was Joe Thomas. It says a lot about a guy who probably played in three to four primetime games his entire career that he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. no doubt. Like, it says a lot. Like, when you're not on the Cowboys and you're not on the Steelers no. and you're not on the Giants and everyone's like, oh, you were on those winless Browns teams with 20 quarterbacks? Yeah. Oh, in your first ballot, yeah. I think it tells you you're the best of your generation at that position. It's very cool that he was on the teams that bad, yeah. and he was that good. You know, I look at Calvin Johnson, a first ballot guy, never won a playoff game, but he was that good and he was that committed. I really respect it. Congratulations to Joe Thomas and all the other guys being inducted this weekend in Canton, Ohio. We'll cover them a lot more heading into the weekend. Until then, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl runner-ups and their MVP of their season, Jalen Hurts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's head out to Eagles training camp where Nick Sirianni took some time to have a catch with his kids yesterday. This is so sweet. Great. Family man. Coach Sirianni also spoke yesterday about the growth of his young quarterback, Jalen Hurts. It's just really been his consistency. I think he's operating at a very high level as far as within the offense. Just understanding even more so why we do things, how we do things. I mean, he's really like a coach on the field with those things like that. Again, I, I've said this a thousand times about Jalen. I don't, he's going to reach his ceiling, whatever that is, because of the, all the things that he has inside of him. And I just see that continuing to show out and I see him continuing to get better. I'm really pleased with how he's been so far throughout camp. I just see continued improvement and continued consistency with Jalen. 
Coach saying all the things Eagles fans want to hear desperately after taking a team to a Super Bowl and just not getting the job done despite a fantastic season from their quarterback. So if they want to finish the job this year, you guys, does Jalen Hurts have to be better than he was last season, Jason? Does he have to be better? Have to be. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think obviously they didn't finish the job, but Jalen Hurts was incredible last year. If he doesn't get hurt at the end of the season, I mean, we could be talking about him as the MVP, as him and Patrick Mahomes were neck and neck. Does he have to be? No, but I think when you hear and you read about or you listen to everything Jalen Hurts, he is going to be better. It is inev inevitable at this point because of his makeup. He had an interview with Peter King and he talked about being a triple threat quarterback. And you hear that and you're like, triple threat? Well, I know dual threat. You run, you can pass. And then the third thing he said was mind. Being able to process the game and think about it. So for a long time, quarterbacks like him, they were considered not to have that skill set. And he finds that extremely important. And that's the type of guy he is. All we hear about is his work ethic. He was asked about the background on his phone with the confetti falling and all of that. And you think he may take the time to explain it. He was just like, no, I don't, I don't want to comment on that. The intent wasn't for the world to see that. That was personal. I just love everything about this guy. The way he goes about doing what he does, it is just incredible. It's fun to watch. I think whenever you talk about Jalen Hurts, it's not a matter of, hey, if he'll get better, what does he have to do to get better? It's just how good, how much better is he going to be next year? Because it is inevitable that his growth is going to continue to, uh, to go. Kyle, to your point, whenever you talk about Jalen Hurts, the sky is the limit. Mm. It's my favorite soundbite of camp. Juju Smith-Schuster said the sky's the limit for the Patriots offense. Yeah. Like, Juju, you might do some good things. Yeah. I don't know about the sky. <laughs> yeah. right? What do you think, Peter? You know, uh, <laughs> follow me here. It's Hall of Fame weekend. Mm -hmm. And in Super Bowl V, okay, Super <laughs> Bowl V, go back to then. The Cowboys were up 13-6 to on the Baltimore Colts okay. going into okay. the fourth quarter. Colts come all the way back and win 16-13. Yet... The MVP of the game was Chuck Howley. He's going into Canton this year. He's going in as a Hall of Famous family. He's, That's cool. He's the only player ever to win MVP of a Super Bowl from a losing team. Ah, uh, okay. So Super Bowl five, he was unbelievable. Really he wins cool. MVP, they lost. I think you can make the argument Jalen Hurts deserved yeah. MVP of last year's Super Bowl. He was by far the best player. Now, Mahomes played the biggest play, the run with the ankle and all mm -hmm. that. Hurts saved his very best for last. Jalen Hurts was incredible in this game. He was better than any quarterback that we had seen in any game all season, and it was in the biggest spot, in the biggest spot. Now, of course, he had the one mistake, the fumble, whatever. Th this guy never relented, never, and, if, and I'm confident, if he had a shot, if the penalty isn't called, is anyone stopping him if he got the ball back? So you're telling me, what if he plays like that all season? Because that wasn't him all season. He was good all season. He was in MVP conversation. He was a nominee for NFL Offensive Player of the Year. He got all the accolades. He got a huge contract. But he wasn't that. Yeah. So to me, it's like, oh, the Eagles, they're the favorites in the NFC. But like, mm -hmm. what if Jalen Hurts, we see that version of him, which was the best version of mm. him? Are we talking about historic Eagles team? Because they bring just about everybody back. I know we lose Miles Sanders and a couple other guys, but like, on the most part, the Eagles bring just about everybody back, and they bring in Jalen Carter, and they bring in Keely Ringo, mm -hmm. and they got DeAndre Swift. Like, I gotta say, I think if Jalen Hurts plays like he plays in the Super Bowl, this might be a runaway train in the NFC this year.
Mm. I, I, have, I have a lot of issues with the state of the Super Bowl MVP. I've talked about this. I think it's just become so simplistic and so uh, apathetic. It's just like, oh, the quarterback and the winning team almost all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I can point to many examples where that should not have been the MVP, I, including Mahomes' first Super Bowl win. I don't think he should have been the MVP. Damian Williams? Yeah, I think he should have been. And it's like, we would never give it to Damian Williams. It has to go to Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Like, it's so, a little bit more star power than I think is right. And I think Jalen should have won it. I think that would have been really cool. You mentioned the losses for the, for the Eagles. Two guys on offense from the 11 star in that game. A guard and Miles Sanders, the running back, that doesn't make me nervous. Mm-hmm. However, and I'll just be honest, I am a little nervous about the Eagles this year. And I, I love Jalen and I, I love Howie and all that. I don't love how hard it is just to do that right. brilliant of a season two times in a row. Mm-hmm. The X's and O's and the personnel aren't there. It's the arbitrary, or the, the rather the um, the stuff that's not, that's, it's not right in front of you. It is Bad injury luck. It is just tough for schedules. It's all those things. There is this streak that I find fascinating. I've talked about before, where quarterbacks who lose their Super Bowl debut mm-hmm. never get back. Crazy. And this goes back to the mid '90s. It starts with Stan Humphreys for the Chargers quarterback, and every single one since then has never been back. So we're talking about everybody from. Colin Kaepernick to Rex Grossman to Joe Burrow to Jimmy Garoppolo. If you lose your first Super Bowl, going back almost 30 years, you don't make it back. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think you had this brilliant season. And then, as they say, bleep happens after that. There's injuries. There's contracts. The magic isn't there. The chemistry isn't there. You look at Philadelphia now in August. They're perfect. They're amazing. They'll be in the title. We don't know that. All the other teams in their division are better. And I've said this before. Jalen Hurts, like I love him. I just got my son one of his jerseys. He's had one great season. One. This is not Mahomes. This is not even Burrow, who's had more than one. One. So if just the magic isn't there, if he's something's changed between the ears, if the chemistry isn't the same, if the injuries happen, it's very difficult to just stay that good when you haven't been consistently before. I'm not predicting it. They're on my watch of teams that could be a letdown this year. Going I hope into I'm wrong. last season, I hope I'm wrong. the Eagles had two first-round picks coming in this draft. There were a lot of Eagles fans who were like, let's get through this season and then we'll draft a quarterback. Right. Yeah. And then Jalen Hurts made it undeniable. Everyone forgets, we have a revisionist history. Not everyone was sold no. after they lost in the wild card round to Tampa two years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And they they did they went defense with those two first round picks this season and they, they got better on that side of the ball. But I was at Eagles camp for a back together weekend and I was around Jalen and I had been around Jalen when he was in college at Alabama and then yeah. I watched him now. It's like five years ago mm-hmm. that we were standing next to each other at the SEC championship. And I'm not, when I say, when I tell you this story, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to say that Jalen Hurts is like Tom Brady player-wise. Just get that out of your head. Mm -hmm. I'm standing there talking to Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia over the weekend, and we're we're reminiscing about the SEC championship game. And he listens to you in a way that reminds me of how Tom Brady does, which he looks at you, he listens, he takes pause, he thinks about what you're saying to him, and then he responds. He doesn't talk over you. He doesn't look over you. He doesn't seem distracted. He is focused on the thing that's in front of him. The person that is giving him attention, he pays equal respect to. I will continue to say, I think his growth between the years mm-hmm. has been unbelievable to watch as a quarterback. But as a human, I don't think he needs to be better because how he has progressed in this game, I think one good season is just the beginning for him at this point because it's all about growth. And when you listen to him talk, the run-pass mindset, the breed of one is what he wants mm-hmm. to call himself all the time. I think this is just the beginning for Jalen Hurts. He's a remarkable young man. I hope so. I, yeah. mean, I like him as a guy, too. It's Football's tough. Yeah. And the NFC is going to be better than it was last lost year. lost both coordinators, too. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's going to be a challenge. But, I don't think it's going to be a breeze like it was. But Brian Johnson has been there with him for a long never time. Been, never knows, called so. plays. Yeah. Never the offensive coordinator. We're going to head out live to <laughs> Eagles training camp. Stick around for mm-hmm. that. We have many questions. You're also going to hear from Jamar Chase during Inside Training Camp Live. 
Live, Drake London, and Jonathan Allen, which that one I'm looking forward to. I believe Sherry Burris is in Ashburn, Virginia nice. today. 32 teams covered on Inside Training Camp, presented by Old Spice. I want to hear from Network. Darius Slay. You do? Great talk, man. Love Go. Slaymaker. Yep. Uh, still to come on Good Morning Football. Sam Howell will be starting in Washington this season. What should we expect from him in year two? Sam Howell. On the nameplate of his jersey, it says Commanders in the back? What are, what are we doing? Because you seen don't want before. him to know that it is Sam Howell. I guess, but you can put it on the front. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.